Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Everybody sit down, make yourself comfortable. They're comfortable chairs, aren't they? Yeah, we take them back to Calvary. No, we got good chairs too. So I better behave myself. I think this one is actually live or <laughs> whatever, so I better behave myself. Uh, I always do. I am very well behaved. All right. So, um, yeah, thank you. for This is the last message. Um, so when I was preparing to, to come and um, Pastor Mary and Pastor Ross um, said, come and, and be a part of the um, encounter, uh, conference and then do the two services in the morning. Um, I always say, Lord, do you want, you know, wh- what do you want to, you know who's going to be here and um, so what the word is. And so um, I, it's always sort of a bit of a risk to preach the first one at a quite a big event. It's like, oh, geez, you're brave. Yeah. But uh, more, more than brave, um, obedient, <laughs> yeah, because it's not about us. Um, it's about you, yeah, and God's got a word for you. So there was one message in three parts. So I did the first part yesterday and then the second part in the first um, service and now we're going to finish it off. And the last is always the first, amen, and the latter part is always the, the um, yeah, the, the best part, amen, you believe that? This morning uh, when I woke up, as uh, soon as I opened up my eyes, I felt the Lord say to me, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that there is going to be healing and salvation and freedom and real shifting, a real breakthrough. And we say that all the time, but I felt like a gift of faith had come on me. One of the spiritual gifts, I flow in prophecy and, and sort of like that's my tennis arm. So I've got under this jumper, I've got a really big Federer arm and, uh, you know, his tennis arm and then he's got a little weedy arm. That's me, um, a bit sort of like quirky and, and whatever. But so long as your tennis arm is, um, you know, your main call. So, but the, but the whole gifts are for all of us, and we use them when the need arises. Yeah, but we need to be in season and out of season, instant. There, we need to be ready with our tr- our lamps trimmed, full of the Holy Spirit and full of God's word, and complete in Him. Absolutely knowing that we are grounded, we are rooted, and that we established and that we are grounded and that we are completed that our love relationship with law with the lord is perfect and you think wow that's a big ask yes it's achievable because perfect love casts out our fear and there that word fear is encompasses it it's sort of like an umbrella for everything and our love relationship with god is our power and might so there you've got the last message right you can go home now don't because god is going to um touch you and set you free but he's going to shift something he's going to realign you and there are people here that God all of us because we are all a part of the body and we are all living stones but there are people here that have had the call of God on their life and that they've had um prophetic visions and your prophetic plan for your life that you pulled down from heaven and started to run your your race of faith with it's stopped or it's stalled and you are in no man's land you've been in the wilderness for a while and today today it's going to shift amen but we have to cooperate with the Lord amen always and he does his part and we do our part he says according to your faith so be it yeah and so it's like oh lord help me with my faith yes i'll 
I'll do that too. I'll even give you the want to. I'll even give you the want to to love me. I'll even give you the want to to be free. So everything is provided for us in Christ, in our Heavenly Father, in the Holy Spirit. And all we need to do is to trust him and start to say, okay, go again, go again. There is all the prophetic voices globally and within Australia. We're all saying the same thing, that the Lord is breathing on and calling the backslider back, calling those that have never backslidden in their heart. You love the Lord dearly, but for some reason you've left fellowshipping church and you now sort of like do it online and you tell yourself it's all good, I'm all correct, and God would say, come on, darling, come on, be truthful. It's the truth that sets you free. I've been caught in those patterns too where I've had all the excuses, all the rationalizations under the world. Like I did it more than all these people put together. I was it, right? And so I'm the boss in this and I can sniff this out, okay? And uh, yeah, and so I can sort of see it and and, it, and you know, God doesn't come and go, oh, that, you know, with a stick um, on our head. He just woos us and he woos us back and he says, come on, come on, darling, pastor, woman, there's a, there's a female pastor, come on, he's going to woo you back. And he's saying, go again, go again, build again, go again. He's breathing on it. Amen. All of you that are the lasts, that you didn't leave church, but that you are very much a last. You know exactly what I mean. I don't even have to explain it. You stayed in church, but you've been overlooked. You've been controlled. You've been managed, not in this church, but in modern church, you know, we sort of like a certain culture, we like a certain style, um, we, we like to look cool in our skinny jeans and it's not a knock, okay, but that's not might and power, that's our might and power, that's not what um, the church should look like, amen, and so God is making these adjustments, he's realigning us with the cornerstone and so we need to cooperate, all you last, God's bringing you first, God's making a way, he's like part in the sea and all the last because you are the generals, because you stayed and you kept your heart right, you kept your spirit sweet, you cried a river, but you kept your mouth shut and you didn't have roast pasta for lunch and you didn't say those rotten pastors, that rotten church, that rotten workplace, that rotten boss, that rotten mother-in-law, father-in-law, they, you didn't, you kept, it hurt. And you, and you went on a journey with God and you got to that place where you are now a general. And now, if pastors and online, if you've got lasts in your church, they are your generals. Bring, make a way. Bring them forward because God is using them in the last days. Amen. All right, I better, I better just give you context because I know I am aware that not all of you have been in the services. So I'm just going to give you a few scriptures to give you context. But pastors have made it um, available that you can go and they've recorded the two messages and then this one as well and that you can watch the whole, through, whole way through. And I encourage you to do that, yeah, and give God. Don't time God out. Don't. Uh, we live such busy lives and, and even during COVID where it's like, where's the fire? that no one's going anywhere we're so busy because we are so conditioned that we are so important we've got busy stuff to do it's like stay home you can't go out anywhere but we're still in this mode God's like shaking everything and and saying peace chill out come on I want to realign you and reset some things 
The first scripture in context was Zechariah 4, verses 6 to 10. I'm just going to read it to you and unpack a tiny bit and then go on to last um, services um, text as well, where it says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And then he says, what are you, O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a level ground. What are you, O challenge? What are you, O obstacle? What are you, O label? What are you, O mentality that you can't, you tried to build, you laid a foundation, the cornerstone was laid, you started to build, but so the obstacles and challenges and your historic uh, beliefs about yourself, the enemy got in and triggered them and you abandoned the work and now your foundations are laying bare. Come on, go again. God's breathing on it again in Jesus' name. Come on, let's, let's stay open and lean in. Amen. Let's grab this and run with it. And then he said that he will bring out the capstone or the completed work. Now you're perfect. Now you're complete. Now you're strong, stable, robust, uh, able to appropriate grace properly. And now it's working. Amen. And you bring out that capstone to the shouts of grace, grace, freedom, freedom, favour, favour, Justice, justice, healing, healing. Because a lot of our spiritual and our emotional problems present in stress-related illnesses, trauma-related illnesses, grief-related illnesses. And some of us have been stuck in no man's land where we've abandoned the foundations and we've walked away or we're stuck in the middle even and we are ill physically. And yes, God, Christ died on the cross for your physical healing, but he wants to go back so that you don't have to present to the altar or that you don't have this reoccurring stress-related illness. He wants us to go back to where we laid the cornerstone and, he, and Christ died on the cross. And then he wants us to go in being built in process so that we are walking out of the things that keep us captive and walking into our destiny. Amen. Are you with me? You're getting this? All right. Then the word of the Lord came to me and said, the hands of Zerubbabel laid the foundation and he will complete it. He'll put the capstone on it as well. We need to cooperate with the Lord. It's not all the Lord's job. It's like, here I am at church, do this for me, Lord. And it's not all up to me as well. It's in cooperation with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord. And then uh, the Lord God um, Almighty has sent me to you. And then it says, do not despise the day of small things or, or small beginnings. Since the seven eyes, which is that word completion and perfect and, and, and done and, and you're, you're up and you're mature and happening. The lamps of the Lord that search throughout. He's looking for these people that will say, I'll go again. I will dare to do it. I'll risk on purpose, but I'm going to do it because I know you. I remember some of us have lost sight of who the cornerstone was. We never knew in the first place. I am one of those. I laid at 16 years of age, I opened my heart to the Lord and I knew it was right. I just knew it in my, I know it in my Noah, okay? I just knew that this is right, that, the, that Christ is God and the Heavenly Father and I'm home, I'm home. But that foundation, I laid it incorrectly. And so I was not aligned and I went through a, a many years of trying to be free and then God breathed on it. God sent me supports and I was able to get that work starting in proper. Amen. Don't despise, don't minimise it, don't disrespect it. Don't take that on that you are the boss 
I know boats, Lord. Peter said that and how that worked for him. I know boats. Yes, he did know boats. And he said that to the, <laughs> the, fisher, like the fisher of men. Do you know what I mean? He's like, he made the fish and he made, and he made us. And he's like, I know how to fish, Lord. We need to say, Lord, tell me. Amen. And so um, he, it says that the Lord searches throughout the earth and he will rejoice. He's got joy because he sees the end at the beginning yeah. and in the middle. Yeah. Amen. So I went on yet, uh, last service and the, the first um, scripture portion of that was not by might and not by power, but it's by my spirit. The second portion of it was that what are you, O mighty mountain, obstacle, challenge, the thing that would come and stop the work? Because that's what happened. Zerubbabel uh, came back from exile. They'd been in exile for 70 years and he came back and it, he was already affected by that. They all were. And then God tasked him to rebuild the temple. And when he did in obedience, they, they the people... It took about 14 months for them to organise and get everybody happening and then they built the, they built the foundation and when the elders or the people that had seen Solomon's temple and its grandeur and it's so huge, it's got all the bells and whistles, it's got the smoke machines, it's got the strobe lights which is, which is just overstimulates us anyway, it's got everything going for it and now there's this little small thing in comparison and they weeped and wailed and they mocked and they despised it and they labelled it. Even who you are is a rubble. We can't even say your name. It's like, who are you to do this? But God had tasked that man and God wanted it small so that we couldn't in pride say, it was my by my might and my power. I mean, God's realigning even the church and we need to be strong. We need to be brave and we need to be truthful and be able to, to hear the hard stuff and say the hard stuff because it's time to do it because we've got work to do very, very soon. It's happening now, but very, very soon there's going to be an gathering and the outpouring is happening and we need to be ready. We need to be positioned again. We need to be starting to build again because God's going to do a quick work and that's what happened with the laying, the building again. He said to Zerubbabel, build again. But that so affected him, that pushback and that mocking and that it's not good enough. We, re, we want the big, we want the flashy, we want everything and that's what we want. And this is not in comparison, it's so embarrassing. Oh, what are you even doing? And so, so the, the, it was abandoned and it lay abandoned for 17 years. And I know that there are people here that have been in that place. You are still stuck in that place, but you can feel the Lord stirring you. Come on, go again, go again. And that we need to say, grace, grace. Come on again. This is my next season in God. Are you with me? Do you get that? The other scripture was from 1 Peter 2 verse 5 that you also are living stones being built. So we talked yesterday about the start, the cornerstone. We laid the cornerstone in salvation. And then the cornerstone is, aligns everything else as we walk through and are being built and that it becomes complete. We now have a perfect relationship with God. And so the cornerstone was always on the edge. So it was like a dedication. Every time we saw the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, we rejoiced. I remember that day. I remember, I'll never forget that day. He brought me from hell to heaven. He brought me from darkness to light. He brought me from absolute exclusion and loneliness and despair into a family that would love me. But I know that we've come into 
into the house and we can't connect because the cornerstone's aligned wrong. And so he wants to sort of like do the foundational work. Mary, uh, my husband and I love the Renault channel, Lo you know, the uh, Channel 9 Live or whatever, and we watch one after the other. It's like, oh, do you like that tile? Oh, do you like that style? No, we don't like that. Oh, we like that. And sometimes they will take the most derelict and they'll, they'll sort of like just buy it. That's what God, in whatever state, Jesus says, come. I got you. I'll buy it, but we're going to do work. And then they'll find out, oh, no, there's foundational problems. Oh, no, it's going to be a big deal. We have to dig into it. And we have, but that's what's happening. Amen. And so God goes back to the foundation, but we need to rejoice that he, he um, died on the cross and he saved us and that we are healed, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Amen. We are living stones being built into this spiritual house. As holy priesthood, we offer sacrifices because to get there, it is a sacrifice at times. It is a sacrifice that we need to trust again, dare to trust again. I, I, I dare you. You can do it. Amen. You know why? Because he's with you. This is not last season. Don't compare. Don't despise. Yeah, don't despise it. They look different. It'll look different, but it's, it's so exciting. God needs you. God needs you in your place. Come on, go again in Jesus' name. This is an offering. And then we, look, then we looked at from 1 Kings 6-7 that in the building of this temple, because then we come and take our position in this temple as a collective, but the building of this temple, only stones that were hewn or cut or finished or prepared or dressed or completed... Only stones that were finished in the quarry were used. It's like, oh, I knew there was a catch. <laughs> Always. Um, I'm leaving. So, so that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple when it was being built. So we had a look in last service about we need to have silence in the temple. Yeah? We need to silence the accusation in our mind. We need to arrest those thoughts. We need to have silence in, in speaking. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we are actually keeping ourselves in a cyclic pattern of being in no man's land and in the wilderness, talking ourselves out of being built and walking out of no man's land. We need, we've got it in the reverse. We silence the praise and the faith in our God. We silence the declaration, grace, grace, faith, faith, surely, surely, yes, yes, and victory, I am set free, I'm out of it. We silence that and then we speak words of, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, I'm scared, I'm a no-count nobody anyway. We've got to get it around, silence that, silence this torment silence this emotion and start in faith declaring God you can you've got me you've got me for this time so I've sort of caught you up hopefully <laughs> okay the last part is again the capstone completing it do not despise the day of small things or the beginnings since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice and see 
So it's, it's focusing on seeing in faith. I remember the capstone. I remember my salvation. I remember what you did. Every time we walk past a building, we see the capstone. It's a dedication. It's a ceremony. Again, I remember. I never forget. I put it before my face all the time so that I've got the joy. I've got the joy. Amen. So in Matthew 5, 8, God's word says that blessed are the pure in heart for they will see the Lord. That word pure means truthful. That word pure means innocent. It means to be righteous. It means to have justice. Do you understand? It means to um, not minimize. It means to not be deceitful and not be truthful. Amen. It means to be pure. Come on, let's risk on purpose in Jesus' name. The Passion Translation says, what bliss you experience when your heart is pure, when your eye is pure. For then your eyes will be open and you will see more and more and more and more of God's love as you are being built, walking out of the wilderness and now positioned, here I am, ready amen, and left the past behind. Oftentimes people build on foundations that are faulty and there's just a matter of time and it's going to come down. Do you understand? In Jesus' name. Just hang in there with the Lord. That word pure there means truth, being truthful, innocent, holy, consecrated. It means set apart. It means our relationship with the cornerstone. So God has gone back to complete us. He was there at the beginning in the foundation, the cornerstone. He was there in the middle as we were being built. We are living stones with him. He's a living stone with us every single one. Now he's here with us in the end. That word see means to progressively see, to progressively prophetically see and know more and more of God, his presence, the present, the middle, the future, more and more of God's character, his attributes, who he is. In other words, an unshakable faith, an unshakable relationship with God, that I know you, that when I ask for bread, you're not going to give me a stone. You are not me and you never change. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 25, 14 says, it's the secret. The secret of the Lord is with them who fear or honour, obey and have this incredible love relationship again with him. So what is our might and power? I said all this yesterday and everything today to remind us that Christ the cornerstone went to the cross to get us back. We were separated and now we are in his, connected to him. There's no separation, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God, nothing that has happened to you. But you may have to be in that place where you're being built and you have to go through the quarry where the chisel and the axe are causing pain. I actually minister into uh, addiction but trauma and traumatic grief and suicidality and uh, just all the, the stuff that causes us for our life just to be to be shut down. People shut in. People living, but they're just not living. Amen. And so um, the secret is is to connect them with God. That they that we obey, that we have this honoring and that we respect him, and that he will show them his covenant. So the secret, 
like the, that, that intimate relationship, that heart-to-heart, that spirit-to-spirit, you have the mind of Christ. No longer are you have torment in your mind. Amen? No longer that torment. The secret of the Lord is with those who are in relationship with him. And he will show them his covenant of grace, grace. Favour, favour. Peace, peace. Trust, trust. So now it's starting to happen. See how the capstone is coming on you now? Because you're cooperating with the Lord. You know, the, the, uh, John, the disciple, he wrote, um, one, of, one of Christ's disciples, um, it says in the, in the Gospels, the one that Jesus loved. And, you know, the, he, the one that leaned on his chest. And this description of this man, John, he wrote that about himself. Can you imagine? I'll do, I won't do a spoiler alert, but this is brilliantly portrayed in this first episode of season two of The Chosen. No spoiler alert, okay, we've watched it. But how the aged John, his whole of life, his start and encounter with Jesus Christ, his middle and then his end, he's still, it's as strong and it's connected where this scene where he's sitting across from his mother and he says, he loved me. And his mother says, John, he loved everybody. He says, no, but he loved me. There was a, this was his power and might. This is our power and might. A few years ago, I read somewhere and God challenged and sort of like jumped off the page to me and God says, I want you to do this from this time forward, knowing my history knowing my start, the flaws in my foundation and how I couldn't connect and receive God's love. And then I was bound and perpetually in no man's land. I read a little thing that that said, um, you know, God, God says, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I would say, I love you, I love you, God, I love you, God. And someone said, add one word, I love you too. I love you too. Something shifted in my heart and in my spirit where I just simply, it was a given. I wasn't doubting it. I wasn't trying to beg for it. I wasn't trying to plead. I wasn't trying to twist his arm. We don't have to do that. With joy, he went to the cross. He would do it if there was just one of us. I love you too. I love you too. Ephesians 3.17, last scripture. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen the might and the power in you, the power, so that Christ may dwell and be at home and come and settle and come and make his home in lay that cornerstone aligned properly so that there's no, no man's land. There's no abandoning anything in the future, that he'll come, make his home in our hearts through faith. Now, that's the quarry because you've been wounded. You've been burned out. You've been used up. You've been, there's injustices have happened to you and you've damaged yourself. I did. I stumbled on the cornerstone. I didn't need anybody's help. I didn't need the enemy to destroy my life. I did all by myself. I was quite good at it. I was very skilled. And I was caught in this pattern. There were reasons for that and God knew. And he lovingly reached out to me so that he would be in our hearts and through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established, found, grounded, see, 
foundations, middle, in his love. May you have power together now. Now it's working. Everyone back home. Backslider back home. Last first. Come on, everybody, living stones, everyone equal with all the Lord's holy people and that you would then, in that posture and position, you're now able to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Our relationship with God is our might and power. It's like you, it's a big surprise. No, it's not. Oh, the joy of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and how he rejoiced and how he will perfect and complete that. In 1954, I want to finish with this. It's a a little bit unusual to finish finish a message like this, but I just felt really prompted to do this. In 1954, an American pastor called Robert Munger wrote this tiny little book that you could put in your pocket. And I think it cost back then a dollar an American dollar, and it's not dear now. You can buy it online. It's called My Heart, Christ's Home. I read it often. I have it in my Bible and I keep it so that I can remember the cornerstone. How am I going? How am I tracking? I I ground myself and I realign myself because this world will have a go. It will push back. Amen? And we need this strength. He wrote a book that you can read in your devotional. And I believe that God this morning is going to woo us back, all of us, not just the one that's come to church that's left church or the backslider or the one that um, doesn't feel worthy. This is all of us because the enemy's plan is to disconnect us from God and God's plan is to wrap us around with himself and you're going nowhere amen and out of that you're going to become a fireball and you're going to be effective but this is what it takes and we need to have this and remind ourselves and ground ourselves and if we've just deviated a bit to come back on track and just say, I'm so sorry, Lord. But he wants to do a deeper work. Through this relationship, he'll always go back, middle, start, finish. Back, middle, finish. Because this will be lifelong and this is our journey. I'm going to read you some. He wrote uh, about us as a house and how Christ, how God comes and settles and makes himself at home in us. After Christ entered my heart, in the joy of that newfound relationship, I said to him, Lord, I want you to settle down here and be fully at home in me. I want it to be your home. Let me show you around and point out some of the features of this home so that you are fully comfortable. I want us to enjoy this relationship, this connection, this time together. He was glad to come, of course, and he seemed delighted to be given the place in my ordinary little heart. Nothing ordinary about you to him. He went to the cross for you. The first um, room that we showed the Lord, which is so, so hysterical really, is the study, okay? The first room we looked at together was the study, the library. Let us call it the study of the mind. Now in my home, this room of my mind was a small room with thick walls, but it was a very important room. In a sense, it was the control room of my whole house. He entered with me and looked around the books in the bookshelf and the magazines on the table and the pictures on the walls and 
As I followed his gaze, I become uncomfortable. Strangely enough, I had not felt bad about this room before, but now that he was here with me looking at the things, I was embarrassed. There were some books on the shelves that his eyes were too pure to look at. On the table were a few magazines a Christian had no business reading. As for the pictures on the walls, the imaginations and the thoughts of my mind, some of these were shameful. Red-faced, I turned to him and said, Master, I know this this room really needs a do-over, a clean-out and made-over. And he's like, good good honesty, okay, will you help me change it the way it ought to be, realign me, certainly he said, okay, that's all he needs, I'm glad to help you, I've come to handle stuff like this, first of all, take all the material that you are reading and viewing, which is not good and pure and helpful and holy and righteous and just, amen, and consecrated, throw it out, it's like, oh, hang on, can we sort of like it, no, no, throw it out. Now put on the empty shelves the books of the Bible. Fill the library of your mind with scriptures and meditate on them day and night. As for the pictures on the walls, you're going to have difficulty controlling these images. But I have something that will help you. He gave me a full-size portrait of himself. Hang this right front and centre in your mind. I did. And I have discovered through the years, that when my thoughts are centred on Christ, the awareness of his presence, purity, power, might, love, I don't have a problem. Might and power, amen, all in the relationship with our God. If you have difficulty with this room, the author writes of your mind, let me encourage you to bring Christ in there, pack it full with the word of God, study it, meditate on it, keep clearly before you the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ the dining room. From the study, we went to the dining room, the room of appetites and desires. Now, this room was a large room, a most important place for me. I spent a lot of time here and hard work in this room trying to satisfy my wants and my lost dreams and just caught in that perpetual place. I told him, this is my favourite room. Okay. He seated himself at the table and inquired, what's on the menu for dinner tonight? Well, I said, my favourite dishes of money, success, academic degrees, fame, fortune, food, um, shopping, internet, whatever it was, um, and and everything. And these were the things I liked, thoroughly worldly fare, There was nothing really so bad in them, but it was not really the kind of food which I would feed my soul and satisfy my true spiritual hunger to keep that intimacy with my Saviour. When the plates were placed before Jesus, he said nothing. However, I observed that he did not eat. I asked him, somewhat disturbed, Saviour, don't you like this food? He said, I have food to eat that you do not know of. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. He looked at me again and said, if you want food that will really satisfy you, do the will 
of your heavenly Father. Oh, the joy of being positioned again. Oh, the freedom. Oh, the joy. There's the anointing here. The Holy Spirit's here. I feel the weight of him wooing you this morning and me. He said, stop striving for your own desires, ambitions. Stop trying to make up. Stop trying to get Solomon's temple. This, I've, I've done this on purpose. Small's good because I'm big. Amen. Seek to please him. And there about the table, he gave me a taste of doing it right. God's will. What flavour. There was no other food like it in the world. It satisfied everything else. My hunger went away. The living room. We moved to the living room. There was, this was a quiet, comfortable room with a warm atmosphere. I liked it. It had a fireplace, a sofa, overstuffed cushions, overstuffed chairs, a bookcase and an intimate atmosphere. He also seemed pleased with it. He said, indeed, this is a delightful room. Let's come here often. It's secluded and quiet and we can have great talks and fellowship and intimacy together. Well, naturally, I was thrilled. I couldn't think of anything I would rather do than spend time alone with Christ in close relationship. He promised, I'll always be here every morning, every noon, every night. When you come, I'll meet with you here and we can start the day together or I'll be here for you. So morning after morning, I would go downstairs to the living room. He would take a book from the Bible, from the bookshelf, open it, and we would read it together. He would unfold to me the wonder of God's love and truth recorded in the pages. He made my heart sing as he shared it all. I had, he had done for me and would be doing for me and using me. Those times together were wonderful. Through his word and the Holy Spirit, he would talk to me, and in prayer I would respond. And so our relationship deepened and deepened and deepened in these quiet places of personal conversation and intimacy. However, under the pressure of many responsibilities, little by little, stuff that's happened, hurts, um, whatever, these precious times began to shorten. Why? I'm not sure. Somehow I told myself that I was just too busy to give this special regular time to my Lord. This was not a deliberate decision, you understand. It just seemed to slip away from me. It just seemed to happen. Eventually, not only was the time shortened, but I began to miss days now and then. Matters of urgency demanded my attention, were continually crowding out the quiet times of conversation with Jesus. Often I would miss two or three days in a row. One morning, I feel the anointing here. He's wooing you. Just let him do it the way he wants to. Amen. One morning, I recall rushing down the stairs in a hurry to be on my way to one of my important appointments. As I glanced into the living room, the door was open. Glancing in, I saw a fire in the fireplace and Jesus sitting there. Suddenly, in my dismay, it came to me. He is my Lord. He is my cornerstone. I laid this and I've moved away from it. He is my Lord and I invited him in to my heart. He has come as my saviour and my friend to live always with me. Yet I have been neglecting him. I stopped. I turned and went in. With downcast glance, I said, Master, I'm sorry, have you been here every morning 
He said, yes. He said, yes. I've never left you. Never left you. You've never left him. But you're loaded down now with guilt and shame as you fear that you've just walked away. And yes, your intimacy is affected. He said, yes, I told you I would meet with you here whenever you come. This is our life. I was even more ashamed. He had been faithful in spite of my unfaithfulness. I had asked him to forgive me and he did, as he always does when we acknowledge our failures and want to get back on the right track, align ourselves again. The author goes through the workroom, the recreation room, the bedroom and he hands over the title deed. But for this last section, and the um, musicians can come up now, I want to finish with the hall closet. This is the quarry. This is oftentimes the middle and it keeps us from the end. It keeps us from being free. It keeps us distant from our relationship with the Lord, the hall closet. One day I found the Lord waiting for me at the front door with an arresting look in his eyes because he could see. As I entered, he said to me, there's a peculiar odour in the house. Something must be dead. Something's died around here. A dream has died. A heart has died. Hope has died. Trust has died. Relationship connection has died. It's upstairs. I think it's in the hall closet. As soon as he said this, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Indeed, there was a small closet up there, tucked away on the hall landing, just a few square feet wide and long, just something insignificant that ground everything to a halt. In the closet behind lock and key were some incidences, some memories, some hurts, some traumas, some grief, some injustices, some sins that I was beating myself up over that I didn't want myself to remember. I didn't want anybody else to know. But he knew. He saw. They were dead and rotting things that were left over from my past. They were left over from my foundation. They were left over from my middle and I just don't know how. I don't know what to do. They're there and I just am stuck. I'm stuck, Lord. They were from my past and they made me fearful, ashamed and powerless. I'm stuck. Reluctantly, I went upstairs with him and as we got closer, the odour got stronger and stronger. Pointing, he said, it's in there, the dead thing. He wanted access. He wanted in. He wanted the door open. He's knocking on the door. It made me angry and terrified. I had given him access to the study, the dining room, the living room, the workroom, the bedroom, the rec room. I'd given him the title deed. And now he's asking me for my little two by four closet. I said, it's too much. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give in. I'm not giving you the key. And you just think... Wow, we do this all the time. We might look really cool on the outside, but we're, we're fighting him. 
We're resisting Him. I don't want to go to the quarry. This will hurt. Don't open that door. Don't open that door. I'm terrified. But He's been there. He's been there already. He's through the process. And now He's at the end. Well, He responded, reading my thoughts, seeing. If you think I'm going to stay here on the second floor, where are you supposed to be on the top floor? Living your highest calling? living in abundant life if you think I can stay here I can't you're mistaken I'm going to take my bed out on the I'm not leaving you but I'm going to take my bed out on the porch or somewhere else and I saw him start down the stairs when you have come to know and love Jesus Christ one of the worst feelings one of the worst things that can happen is to sense him withdrawing his face and fellowship And I had to give in. Because when he's not in that place, we replace him with things that we need for him to clean out. And he's pure. Blessed are the pure. The pure. Oh, the joy of a clean conscience. There's nothing like it. Only God can clean. Only God, when you accept his forgiveness, stop, I said, weeping. I'll give you the key. I'll give it to you but you'll have to help me clean out this closet. I haven't the strength to do it. I know, my darling. I know. I know, my child. Just give me the key and authorize me to heal you. This closed place in your heart that's causing just your foundations are bare. They've been bare and exposed. Nothing's happening. So with trembling fingers, I passed the key over to him and he took it from my hand. He walked over the door, to the door, opened it, entered it, took out every dead thing, everything that had died, that was past. This is new. He's breathing on new. It might be different, but he's breathing on every putrefying, rotting thing, and he threw it away. He threw it away. All our sins, threw them in the deep sea of his forgetfulness. Totally free, totally forgiven, totally. He cleansed the closet. He painted it fixed it up, fixed the foundations. And in a moment's notice, immediately the fresh fragrance, the breeze of the Holy Spirit swept through this house. The whole atmosphere changed. Again, oh, what release. Oh, what joy. Oh, what victory when that dead thing was out, stopping me from connecting with the Lord. No matter what pain or sin there might be in your past, your present that will affect your future. Jesus is ready here today to heal, forgive, make whole and make his home again in your heart. There's realignment. You know, we, I often do a lot of, um, it's not just for the sake of doing it. Our might and power is in our relationship, our intimate relationship with the Lord. I'm fiery. I do a lot of punch in the air, spitting, and they have to wipe the microphone. And that's me naturally. I'm not putting something on. But there are times when I need to feel the weight of God's word and feel the weight of the Holy Spirit because he's wooing you back. You're here, but there's a closet. There's a hall closet today. There might be a rec room. There might be a study. You're struggling with stuff 
God wants access. Holy Spirit wants access. Today as we just simply, you know, this is, this is life-changing life stuff. I believe that what the Word of the Lord said to me, that things are going to shift today. I don't need to yell and scream. I don't need to have hype and have the big thing. This is not the small thing. This is the big thing. Your life can shift now forever, but you need to respond. Today in this quietness, because you know, the Holy Spirit said to Elijah, it's not in the fire and it's not in the earthquake. There is a place for, it's in that intimate, still small voice where he woos, come back home, I've missed you. And you are saying, I've missed you, my Saviour, my Lord. Today I'm not, I'm going to open up the door of my heart. I'm going to give you access to every room. This is a restart today because you are a living stone. You've got a job to do. You've got an experience lifelong of the joy of having relationship with your God. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm the only one that can see. I'm asking you, if you are here in this place this morning and you've never given your life to God, what I've described to you, you've longed for. You've never been able to articulate it or even think what I need. But like me at 16, I just knew. I just knew. If that's you today, you need to respond. I am not going to drag you out of your chair. You need to be the one that says, yes, I want you. I want you. If that's you today, just raise your hand right now. Come on. God bless you. All over this place. Come on, there's more. Come on, there's more. There's one, two, three, four. Come on, more. Hands up. Hands up. It's today. God said to me, today is the day of your salvation. Today. God bless you. God bless you. Come out. Come out and meet me at the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. Come out now. I see you. And more importantly, God sees you. Come out the front because we need to choose him. We need to say this, do this on purpose. Come out now. Come on, let's church, let's celebrate. Come on, come. I won't embarrass you. Come, you two. Come, come. God bless you. I'm going to wait for you because you're worth waiting for. Come on, come on. There's a response. And it's, and it's Christ saying, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. Come on, open, open. Don't be afraid. In Jesus' name. Anybody else? I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait because you're worth it. You're the most important person in this place today. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. This is the best decision, the biggest and the best decision you'll ever make in your life. The most important decision and you've just made it. And then you've walked forward to place the cornerstone in the right position and in Jesus' name. So everyone's going to pray and you pray and all you need to do is mean it with all your heart. Lord, today I open up my life. I open up my heart. I open up my mind. I open up my emotions. I open up my behaviour. Every room that you will inhabit, I open up today. And I actually invite you in as my Lord and Saviour. And I accept salvation today. 
I ask forgiveness for my sins. And I accept that forgiveness. I forgive myself. And I forgive others that have sinned against me. In Jesus' name, I am connected heart to heart, spirit to spirit. And we are now on a journey for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just let's Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.